How many of you have ever heard some story about Joseph, right? And, um, you know, and so we're going to look in Genesis chapter 50 is where we're going to be in uh, just a few minutes. But to get to Gen- there, there are probably more chapters in the Bible about Joseph than any other character other than Jesus, I mean, of course. But, um, <clears throat> but uh, Joseph, you know, you, you know, to get there, we've got to go through several other chapters. You know, Joseph... Earlier on, he tells his brothers, this is your first blank, blank that they will bow before him. Uh, you, know, he, you know, he had this dream, and, and here's what it says in Genesis 37, 7. It says, we were out in the field. Joseph's talking to his older brothers. Anybody got a younger brother? Anybody got a younger brother? And sometimes you just want to squish them like a bug, don't you? I mean, you know. And so Joseph, he's out, they're out in the field, and Joseph says this. We're out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundle stood up, and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. And, uh, and so just imagine you're the older brother, and you're hearing your little squirt younger brother uh, talk about how you're going to be bowing down for him. And, and you know, uh, the Bible recorded there, their responses, they were not nice, but it probably wasn't word for word what they actually said. And uh, because they, they were going like, uh-uh, that's not going to happen. And, uh, and so, but they did. And then, and then uh, as we move through chapter 37, Joseph was thrown into a pit and sold as a slave. Now, you know, if you think you've had a hard time, you know, it's, it's uh, the brothers were started to plot against him. Let's just kill that kid. How many of you, you've ever, you know, maybe thought about it, but you didn't actually plot it, right? Or, uh, you know, if you thought you had problems with your siblings. Uh, So it says in verse 24 of 37, they then they grabbed him and threw him into a cistern. Now the cistern was empty, so he landed with a thud when they threw him down there because there was no water in it. Verse 25, it said, then just as they were sitting down to eat, they looked up and saw a caravan of camels in the distance coming towards them. It was a group of Ishmaelite traders uh, taking a load of gum, bomb, and aromatic resin to Gilead down in, in Egypt. And so we know what happened. They decided, hey, look, let's just make a little money off this deal. Instead of letting some animal kill him or him die in this thing, let's sell him into slavery. We'll make a little money, and he's gone, you know? And so... Uh, they're pretty good, so uh, they sold him as a slave uh, to these Ishmaelite traders who took him to Egypt and sold him to a guy named Potiphar. Uh, how many of you have heard the story about Potiphar? And Joseph, though he's learning some lessons while he's doing all this, and, and Potiphar, he works his way up to being in charge of Potiphar's house. And, uh, and so everything Potiphar let Joseph do, God blessed Joseph and, and so Joseph, because he stayed faithful to God, he was successful. And then, uh, and then you know, and, and, and so Potiphar didn't have to pay attention to the house. And one day, Potiphar's wife thought, hmm, good-looking guy. And, uh, and so she starts coming on to him. And, uh, and so, uh, you know, and finally it gets to a point where Joseph, uh, you know, said, I can't do that to my master. And he turns and he runs and she grabs his cloak. And then she falsely accuses him. Uh, So he's falsely accused of assaulting Potiphar's wife, and he's thrown into prison. Now, I mean, you know Potiphar. He's the commander of Pharaoh's uh, army. He's one of the commanders. 
And you know Potiphar's going to believe his wife over Joseph. And, uh, and so he gets thrown into the prison where the king kept his prisoners. That's not just any jail. That's a maximum security jail. And uh, it said they grabbed him and they, uh, uh, they, um, they took Joseph and threw him into prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. And uh, so here's Joseph by no fault of his own. He's been sold into slavery. And uh, he's been falsely accused of trying to rape somebody. And he's thrown into prison. Then you got the baker and the cupbearer. Remember that? Where they had dreams and he told one of them, you're going to die. And they told the other one, you're going to prosper. And it happened exactly as it did. And the one that's going to prosper, he said, look, remember me when you get to Pharaoh, would you? And so what did they do? They forgot all about him. And so Joseph spends a few more years in, in prison. But then his fortune begins to, to reverse. Why? Because everywhere Joseph had been, he was faithful to the Lord. God, God rewards faithfulness. You might think, he's still in prison. But God is rewarding faithfulness. And so, you know, he's, uh, he's interpreted these dreams. And then Pharaoh starts to have uh, this dream. And nobody can interpret it. And so, all of a sudden, the servant remembers, hey, this dude in prison interpreted the dreams we had. And, uh, and so, um, they go and get Joseph out of prison. And Pharaoh won't even tell him the dream. He said, you've got to not only tell me the dream, but interpret it. And so Joseph does. Tells him what the dream is. And uh, talk about pressure, right? <clears throat> and, uh, and so Pharaoh said, you know, when Joseph did that, Pharaoh said to Joseph, I hereby put you in charge of the entire land of Egypt. I put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt. I mean, he interprets Pharaoh's dream. And, and Pharaoh said, listen. And, and jo Joseph had a plan for how not to, to have the kingdom starve to death. And he said, I'm putting you in charge. You only answer to me. I'm the only one above you. You know, I was talking to the guys on Tuesday. I said, can you imagine at that point what Potiphar was thinking? I mean, come on. Y'all got to laugh with me a little bit. I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking if I'm Potiphar, I'm going, I'm messed up. I'm in trouble. You know, because now he's my boss. And, uh, and, and so, uh, so just think about that, you know. And, and uh, so Pharaoh told him, put him in charge. And then, and then Joseph, of course, saved the grain and, and all that stuff. They built these giant places to store the grain. And, and so when famine hit, uh, you know, they had food. And they were selling it to everywhere in the world. And during this time, Joseph is buying up land. He'd take land as payment for food. And so Pharaoh owned all the land of Egypt by the time this was over. But then guess what? Just as Joseph dreamed when he was a young man, 11 guys come to see him, and they bow before him asking him for food. It was his 11 brothers. Just like he dreamed, he was standing strong, and they were bowing down. Joseph's brothers bowed before him. Verse 6 of Genesis 42. Since Joseph was governor over all Egypt and in charge of selling grain to all people, it was him that his brothers came to. When they arrived, they what? Bowed before him with their faces to the ground. So here is the fulfillment of that dream that he had. You know, they're thinking, uh-uh, not happening. Now, they didn't recognize Joseph at this time. 
And, uh, you know, or they probably wouldn't have even tried. They'd have been thinking, we better get out of here before he sees us. You know, but, uh, <clears throat> but uh, you know, the, they bowed. Now I want, you to, I want you to look at something real quick. No, I want you to notice everywhere Joseph was and all of his realms of authority, he was always number two. He was always number two. He was always second in command. He was second under Potiphar in Genesis 39.6. So Potiphar gave Joseph complete administrative responsibility over everything he owned. With Joseph there, he didn't worry about a thing except what kind of food to eat. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built man. Enter the temptation of Potiphar's wife. But he was number two. He only had to answer to Potiphar. All the other servants, all the other businesses, everybody answered to Joseph. Then when he got thrown in prison... He was second under the warden at the jail. He wasn't in charge of the jail, but he ran the jail for the warden. And uh, in verse 23 of chapter 39, the warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused everything he did to succeed. So Joseph is taking care of things. He's running to prison. The warden's like, this is easy. I got this. Because Joseph was number two. Then he was second under Pharaoh. He was second under Pharaoh in uh, Genesis 42.6. So Joseph was governor of all Egypt and in charge of selling grain to all people. And it was to him his brothers came when they arrived. They bowed before him, put their faces on the ground. So Joseph was uh, second to Pharaoh. Pharaoh told him, you know, you ride in the chariot reserved for the number two guy. You know, nobody outranks you but me is what basically Pharaoh told him. And, uh, and so he was never the head or number one guy in any of these places. He always had to submit to somebody. There's a lesson in that, you know. And, uh, and, and uh, you know, and even though he was, he was and he, he took that submission very meticulously, he, he uh, you know, uh, sometimes that probably helped him uh, realizing he, he was answerable to somebody, probably helped him resist Potiphar's wife. And and to uh, keep his moral compass straight, he said this: "For I was kidnapped in verse uh, chapter forty fifteen. He said I was kidnapped from my homeland, the land of Hebrews, and now I'm here in prison. But I have I did nothing to deserve it. Now, Pastor Kathy hears that all the time. <laughs> when we went on the pod today to pray for those guys, there was two or three of them. I'm in here under false imprisonment. We just pray. We can't fix that. You know what I mean?" Uh, you know, and, and so she couldn't hardly get out of there because I'm, I'm not supposed to be in here. Nobody's ever supposed to be in there. But, but Joseph really wasn't. You know, he did nothing to deserve it. Write this down. He who is chosen to lead must learn to submit. That's what Joseph had to do. He was chosen to lead, but before he could lead, <coughs> he had to learn to submit. That smart aleck kid that told his brothers, oh, yeah, one day you're going to bow to me. While he was right, he was still a smart aleck kid at that point. And he had to learn how to submit. And, uh, and so here's what he told his brothers when he revealed himself to his brothers. Finally, we're getting up to 50. Joseph reveals himself and shows that he's grown by forgiving him because, I mean, can you imagine when they realized that he was Joseph? Uh, you know they had to be uh, they were upset, obviously. They thought they were fixing to die. And he said, but don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. Look at this. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve 
your lives. That's pretty good thinking. Anybody besides me, you'd be thinking of different ways to kill those dudes. I mean, I'd, be, I'd, I'd still be mad, I think, except for God. Except for God. Because the power of God is the only way we can forgive somebody. And, uh, and he said, God sent me here to preserve your lives. I mean, he's even saying, hey, look, even though they meant evil, God was behind it. And basically used them selling him into slavery to save the known world. Egypt was the most powerful country at that time. Now, as we get to Genesis chapter 50, uh, Jacob is dead, all right? And so Jacob dies. You know, you got the thing where Joseph, they go get his family and they bring them over to Egypt and, and uh, they're, they're doing well. And uh, so Jacob's dead and they've gone to bury him and they've come back to Egypt in ch chapter 50, verse 15. It says, but now their father was dead. Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now that the father was dead, they became fearful because here's what they thought. Now, Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him. So they're thinking, okay, daddy's gone, and now we're in trouble because he's just been playing like he's going to forgive us because daddy's here, you know. And, and so uh, they, they'd come to that. So they, they just thought because of all, they knew they'd done wrong. And, uh, and so here's what happened. They sent a message to Joseph. I mean, think about it. If you were in their position, would you think that he could really forgive you? I mean, that, that's, a, that's like un, unbelievable uh, right there. And so they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did you for their sin in treating you so cruelly. Now, I don't know if Jacob actually told them that. But they were, they were telling him that. And it says, So we, the servants of God your Father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Jake, Joseph. Here they are bowing before him again and said, Look, we are your slaves, they said. I mean, here, you know, Joseph had that dream. They're going to bow and they're going, basically, he's going to rule them. And here it is happening. We are your slaves. I mean, they just knew he was going to take revenge on them. So they offered themselves as slaves. But to their surprise, Joseph meant what he said when he said he forgave them. And so you can write this down. He didn't seek revenge. Joseph forgave his brothers for what they did. Joseph forgave his brothers. We need some people today to forgive people that have done stuff to them. I mean, if Joseph can forgive his brothers for selling him into slavery, we ought to be able to forgive somebody for putting something ugly about us on Facebook. <laughs> Think about it. I mean, he forgave. Not only did he forgive them, he promised to take care of them. Look at this. He said, but Joseph replied, don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended me harm. But God intended it all for good. I would highlight that, that part right there. And uh, he said, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I want to continue to take care of you and your children. And so he reassures them by speaking kindly to them. Let me tell you, Joseph's, Joseph's forgiveness was complete. He said, not only... I forgive you. I'm going to take care of you. 
I'm going to take care of your children. And, uh, and, and he did for a couple of generations. Joseph lived over 100 years. And uh, the only thing he asked him when he died, I want you to take my bones back to our homeland and, uh, and out of Egypt. And, and, so, and they did. Uh, but uh, Joseph's, Joseph's forgiveness was complete. And here's the thing. Because God forgives us even when we've ignored or rejected him, we should graciously forgive others. Think about the things God has forgiven us for. I mean, I, I, can't, I can't hold something against somebody when I think about what God's done for me. So how could I hold something against somebody else? And, and so we need to do the same. I mean, God brought good out of his brother's evil deeds. God brought good out of Potiphar's wife's false accusation. Uh, God brought good out of the cupbearer forgetting about him in prison, leaving him there for seven years, and then seven years of famine. And uh, so the experience in Joseph's life taught him that God brings good from evil for those who trust him. You need to remember that. When you're going through a difficult time, when bad things are happening to you, remember God always, I should have put always in there, always brings good from evil for those who trust him. Joseph being sold into slavery wasn't a good thing, but good came out of it. Good came out of it. You going through a difficult time is not a good thing, but good can come out of it. And, uh, and so I guess the thing would be is, do we trust God enough to patiently wait? I mean, Joseph was in prison seven years or so, maybe longer than that. Famine was seven years. He was in prison for a while. And, uh, and he was a slave for a while. And, and, but he waited patiently. God had given him this word. He, I, I, I'm sure while he was in that pit, he's thinking, all right, they're going to bow down. They're going to bow down. And when he got sold in and he was a slave for Potiphar, he says, my brothers are going to bow down. I mean, you know, he would lost that probably. I mean, but God had given him a promise, and he stayed faithful to that, to God. When I mean, here's the thing, you know, I would hope I would stay faithful if I got thrown in a cistern and left for dead. I hope that I would stay faithful if I got sold into slavery. I hope that I would stay faithful if I was falsely accused and sent to prison. Joseph did, and we need to do the same thing when we're going through hard times, because God brings evil for the good from evil. For those who trust him. We've just got to trust it. And so do you, do you trust God enough to wait patiently for him to bring the good out of those evil situations? Now, I believe we can trust him because if Joseph learned God can overrule people's evil intentions to bring about his intended results. God can overrule people's evil intentions to bring about his Intended results. Because, see, God's going to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. And he can overrule those evil intentions. Yes, Joseph went through a difficult time. Yes, Joseph was number two in Egypt and saved the nation of Israel because he'd gone through that difficult time. Let me tell you, you it, it doesn't matter. You know, if, if you've got, and most of us in here are rich compared to people in other nations, but you know, everything we have, everything we have, no matter how rich you are, you have because you were born in this country, in a country where you can work, 
where you can have business ideas, where you can make a lot of money doing things. You could have been born in a country where you couldn't do any of that, uh, you, where, where you didn't have those opportunities. You don't think that there's not smart people in Russia and Poland and some of these places that are not, uh, or Poland's democracy now, but that weren't at one time, and America's great. Why? Because we're born into this country because we can do things. And, and so everything we've got is a gift from God, even where we were born, so that we can do good things. And, uh, and so <clears throat> we don't deserve it, but we're blessed. And that's a blessing we get from God. And I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what you've been through, what you're going through. God can and will redeem it and use it for his glory and, uh, and for yours and other people's good. We just got to understand that. And uh, so write this down. I know you all eagerly waiting for the last blank. God is our hope through all of life's circumstances. I'm telling you, that is, God's the hope. Our hope is in God and uh, in, in, in relationship with Jesus. And that's where it starts, is a relationship with Jesus. And, and so as you're here tonight, we don't have to be depressed about what's going on. Why? As we back up a couple of slides, God brings evil good out of evil right he brings good from evil and so you might be going through a difficult time where you work guess what's going to happen god is going to bring good out of that you might be going through a difficult time with your kids and uh god will bring good out of that and uh and so he's our hope and and uh in him is our hope not only for eternal life but for getting us through every single day bow your heads with me but guess what he will use us in powerful ways if we will stay faithful. So, Father, I pray for each person in this room, each person watching on Facebook, God. We learn these lessons from Joseph, so many lessons in Joseph's life. But tonight, Lord, we just want to learn that, Lord, if we're faithful, you're faithful to bless us and to use us in mighty ways. So, God, we give you all the glory for that. Lord, I pray that as we leave out of here, we will allow you to use us. Lord, as we walk out of here, help us to remain faithful no matter what we're going through at home, at work, or wherever, God. Help us to remain faithful. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to sing a song on the way out. Make sure uh, that you give your connection cards uh, to the usher at the door. Also, uh, invite somebody back for Sunday. We're, we're going to have a great time on Sunday. We're moving towards Easter, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a great time during this Easter time. Show us, show us your glory. Show us, show us your power. Show us, show us your glory. Lord. Show us, show us your glory.